Today's episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show of Locked On Spartans, Michigan State brings in another football player from the transfer portal, uh, and a pretty good basketball weekend. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, April 5th. The year is 2021. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my just gutting it out co-host, Matt Sheehan. Trying to grind away here, Will. You know me. How you feeling, bud? I, I'm listen. I'm fine. I'm gonna be okay. Uh, I just I, I don't have it today. I'm not feeling 100 percent mentally or physically, uh, but that's okay. You know, you know what uh, I will feel great after Will is uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I, mm. I'm getting the old what my sister calls the Fauci ouchie uh, <laughs> on, on Tuesday morning, and like I'm like I'm excited about it. But I'm, sure. I did the Alonzo morning gif in rewind because. I hate needles more than anything in the entire uh-huh. world, man. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah, vaccine. It's like, ah, oh, damn it, man. I got to get a shot. <laughs> oh, I got to get a shot on Tuesday. I don't want to. Did you, um, <laughs> did you see the picture of Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, point guard, really good Dude, player uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Absolutely love that. Yeah, he's holding, I think, Lou Dor's hand because like yep. he's terrified yep. of needles. Like, <laughs> Honestly, I, I felt that picture yes. so much. I know some people are like, oh, that's funny, whatever. It's like, no, dude, Like, yeah, I, me and you are the same, but I, I'm going to need a hand to hold uh, when Tuesday rolls around. Like, I got my flu vaccine and back in December. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the world's biggest bitch about it. Like, I, I, I Needles are just, I, I can't do needles, man. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. My... My wife is literally the toughest person I know. Like, she's a, yeah. a rock. Mm-hmm. Show her a needle that's about to go in her arm, even though she yep. works with needles and injects, not inject. well, I guess, yeah, injects, but, like, puts in catheters and is medicine, whatever. Like, she oh, works just, with it yeah. all the time. When it's going in her arm, she just melts. And I, I don't get it because yep. I'm fine with it. But, hey, I believe you. Whatever support you need. I'm here for it. Hold hands, yeah, squeeze, pinch sure. somebody, whatever you got to do. <laughs> I, I I thought it was like great because it was just like totally masculine dude, NBA all-star, got to yeah. hold his buddy's hand because needles are not for everyone. <laughs> dude, I like I, I was just going through my phone and I was like nodding when I saw that picture. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, yep. that's, I, I totally get it. So, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Good for you. Welcome to the Vax life. Um, on today's oh, yeah, show, I want to say are... like I'm some superhero for doing it. Like, I, I, it's just more of a story of like I, I'm a complete wuss when it comes to the needles. That, that, that's the crux of it. Yeah. On today's show, uh, Michigan State brings in a transfer receiver. We'll talk about that. We want to talk a little bit about uh, that Final Four game between uh, UCLA and Gonzaga because there are some obviously sure. Michigan State tie-ins. And then we'll uh, talk about the national championship game and do kind of like a mini. Uh, fade Friday on a Monday. We're just, you know, we'll give some picks and, and our favorite props for the national championship game, which is tonight. Hopefully, it's a uh, an all time classic. That's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every single day. If I sound less than I usually do, uh, it is because I'm currently sitting. In my brother, my middle brother's old bedroom, his childhood bedroom, I'm sitting on like a 
I don't know, a bench, a wooden bench, leaning forward onto his bed with my old crappy backup microphone in front of me, not at my home office with all my good stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're fighting through it on both sides here, Matt. No off days, Will. Let's, let's get it popping. Grinding in front of this microphone here. Grinding. All right, so let's start with Christian Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, this is let's... something that was catching some steam late last week. Fitzpatrick hit the portal, and almost immediately, like, honestly, within three hours of him hitting the portal, I got a random text message. Hey, I just heard we landed a receiver in the portal. And I thought... <laughs> Okay, there's a, I know there's a link from Fitzpatrick to MSU. He played at Southfield, uh, was recruited, never offered by the old staff. I know uh, he knows some of the kids on the team, played high school ball, was in the class of 2020, so you know played against a lot of Michigan State players uh, from the classes of 19, 20, 21. All these kids know each other, so I'm like, okay, you know, there's some connections there. It makes sense. There's no way they already <laughs> are in no, on sure, this. No. Certainly not. Um, but yeah, he hits the portal, Michigan state, uh, apparently reached out immediately and they've been looking at receivers and, you know, touching base with some and doing the old Twitter follow thing. And, uh, from the looks of it, this happened really quickly and Michigan state goes and lands a kid who is a six foot four, 210 pound, big bodied receiver, kind of a, a little bit of a late bloomer was always a good prospect, but was, I think six one. His mm-hmm. junior year, maybe sophomore year, and then, you know, now he's 6'4", more of that prototypical X receiver, and ended up as a pretty solid recruit, uh, 86-ish in the 24-7 composite ranking. And, yeah, uh, it's a nice add uh, just from, like, a at, like, the very least, we don't know what he's going to end up giving this year, but at the very least, from a depth perspective, this is a receiver room that has a bunch of good little guys they have needed some big guys in between Christian Fitzpatrick and Keon Coleman. They've added a couple of really big guys. Yeah, quite literally. I mean, that's what I was just going to lead into. This receiver room is so talented. Uh, probably really didn't need a transfer. But if you're going to get one, okay, what can they bring that the rest of the room doesn't have? It's simply just what you see on paper, just like you said. I mean, it's Keon Coleman and Christian Fitzpatrick are the only guys that are taller than six foot three in the receivers room now that Trayvon Morgan has left. So yeah, uh, it's it's nice uh, to have you know sure size whatever. I mean, I don't think he'll be a dynamic day one player. I don't think he'll light the world on fire in the twenty twenty one season. But hey, he's got four years of eligibility left. Staff yeah. obviously likes him. So what's to say? I mean, hey, if he's just a deaf guy. Fine, okay, whatever. But if he turns into something, yeah, that's a great pickup. Just like you're saying, he was a late bloomer in high school, of course, but the younger brother of Dad's Fitzpatrick. Doesn't mm-hmm. hurt in the recruiting trail going to Louisville, no doubt. But yeah, hey, it's... It, it, listen, I'm not going to see a transfer ever, probably, especially this offseason, and be like, oh, that kind of stinks. Like, no, hey, it's fine. <laughs> if, if, if it's depth, fine. I mean, there's a reason the staff likes you, and if it's your height, hey, it's your height. If it's something else, because really, he didn't get a lot of playing time last year, you know, mm-hmm. combination of. Yeah. Yeah, he was a combination of being a freshman and being hurt. But yeah, I mean, sure. Hey, Fitzpatrick, come here with open arms, man. I, I'll, I'll take anyone this, this year. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Nice little depth addition here. It's similar to kind of what we saw with Marquis Lowry, right uh, who yeah. was also a late bloomer himself uh, in high school, played a lot of receiver, and then moved to corner and started getting some D1 looks. And coincidentally, from Louisville, didn't play as a true freshman, class of 2020 guy, 
it, it's almost like adding another member of the freshman class, but with the added bonus of this person has a full year of a college program under their belt, college weight training, speed training, getting the feel of, you know, what does it mean to be a division one college receiver? So it's really, it's just kind of like a, um, like a bonus member of the 2021 class is the way I'm looking at it. And even though Fitzpatrick ended up at Louisville, uh, you mentioned his brother, Des. Des is a really good receiver for Louisville and is, uh, I'm not sure. I think he'll get drafted this year. He's going to the NFL. Yeah. He's a day three guy. Yeah. Yeah. Day three guy, but was like certainly productive there and, and a good player for them. And they certainly had explosive moments on offense and he was absolutely a part of that. So, you know, his brother was a really good productive college player. And Christian got offers like late in the cycle from Penn State, Oregon, uh, Purdue, West Virginia. I'm just going through his Power Five offers: Iowa, Iowa State, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Boston College, Washington State. Who he was committed to at one time. So it's an it's a pretty good offer list. And like we discussed, Michigan State recruited him a bunch, uh, but didn't end up pulling the trigger on an offer because they landed Terry Lockett and because they landed Ricky White, right? So they, they were kind of set up well for that class, and they had Jaden Reed coming in. Probably were like, you know what, when Lockett committed, we don't need to, to send the offer. If Lockett went elsewhere, they probably, Fitzpatrick may have been someone they sent an offer to. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice little ad, and we'll see if anything comes of it in the immediate future. But at the very least, like we said, a depth guy, someone who in two years – if Christian Fitzpatrick is part of the top three group at receiver, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's a really nice little play that, hey, maybe there's something here in the immediate future, but we definitely feel like developmentally this is a guy we can build with. He's he's a big, impressive athlete and obviously was a good player in high school and, and had a bunch of touchdowns and catches and got some good offers, and now you can kind of circle back around and, and bring him back home. Welcome home, Christian. Welcome home, Christian. (laughs) A couple more spots left uh, in the transfer portal for Michigan State, and I'm sure they will use those by the time fall camp rolls around. All right, let's pause here, come back. We will talk about uh, what was a really great weekend in college basketball and and some Michigan State angles to it as well. But first, a word from BetOnline. .ag BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. But the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and tonight we've got the national championship game on the men's side. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. One word, locked on, locked on, locked on, and you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Matt, this is actually your segment. You kind of had a couple things that you wanted to I don't know, I guess lead us off with here as it relates sure. to the UCLA game uh, and Michigan State. So why don't you take it from here? 
Yeah, let's just start with the most, uh, well, MSU-centric one. The, the most selfish way I could possibly talk about this game. And let's just talk about how awesome that game was on Saturday. Uh, you can't really ask for a better game, I think, right? I, I would give that a 10 no, out of 10. I, I, don't throw around, I don't throw around 10 out of 10s all willy-nilly, if you know me. Like that, No, that was pretty much a 10 out of 10. And a lot of people are talking like, wow, that's the best NCAA tournament game ever. That's fair. And then there are some people doing that. That's the best NCAA tournament game since... Blank, you know, go back to like the Christian Leitner Kentucky game. Uh, mm-hmm. People are pulling games from like the mid 2000s. I, but he, here's where it gets selfish. And Will, tell me if I'm just wearing the most green tinted sunglasses ever. I, I think personally, I just have to go back two years. I think it's the best game just since the MSU Duke game from the Elite Eight in 2019. I mean, that must be an awesome game for neutral bystander to watch, right? I mean, because I felt like I was dying yeah. the entire game in 2019. But, like, just for a common fan, you have Star Power, you have Zion, you have R.J. Barrett, you have Cam Reddish. On the other side, you have a Michigan State team that obviously was a very talented team. Uh, wire to wire, back and forth the entire game. So, yeah, I think it's that. But also, maybe it's just any other game from 2019, too. I, Virginia, pick any three of their insane games they had from the tournament. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Eight game, yeah. It was unbelievable, yeah, against Purdue or the Auburn game in the semifinals or just, yeah. I don't know, the national championship <laughs> game where uh, they were just, what, 10 seconds away from losing that one? So, yeah. But, yeah, selfishly, I think it's – do I have that game built too high in my head, the MSU Duke game, to uh, put it on the same stage of what we did see on Saturday with Gonzaga UCLA? It's, it's a notch below. Um, That's fair. F- Final four over Elite Eight, buzzer beater, <laughs> overtime – that really just helps the buzzer beater. In, yeah, yeah, insane shots everywhere. Now, like granted, like Zion changes the equation certainly. Totally. And it's Duke, which is about as big as it gets in terms of brand, and Michigan State, which is you know it's not to Duke's level, but it we're that half notch below where it's still like a really recognizable, big, important college brand. And you know Gonzaga, we like Gonzaga, we know Gonzaga, but honestly, mm-hmm. just. Johnny down the street really care that much about Gonzaga? No, they know UCLA, but if it was UCLA, Kentucky, okay, now we're stepping up a little bit on the, the notch level as well. I, just just look what Skip Bayless is doing. Like He just started oh. watching Gonzaga last week. He, he's been called out for it, and now he's got to call this all luck. And everything like now he's backpedaling. It's it's kind of embarrassing, but so yeah, I think the brand name does have something to do with it, though. I mean, going off from the national guys to the I don't know your fair weather fans, it, it definitely hurts, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it just it puts more weight on it from a viewership standpoint. Like honestly, when you watch, it does, yeah, you can watch a great tournament game between Texas and Abilene Christian, and you're like, that was pretty cool, but. Who cares, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, as soon as the upset right. happens, you're like, okay, we'll move on. This to to have like legacy and a stickiness, I think you got to have some brand power to bring to it. Well, and Michigan State's game would have more than that, but this game, like you know, anything you could really think of from a stakes matchup, epic moment standpoint, it, it had. And yeah, it it's if if you want to say. It's the best game since the MSU Duke game in 2019. Like, I'm not going to fight you, but just, like, let's acknowledge there's a, a, a couple notches between that game and that MSU Duke game. That MSU Duke game was fantastic, and it's something we'll remember for a long time. I'm not sure how many people, if you were just like, hey, who hit that shot? Yeah, fair. <laughs> for Michigan, they'd be like, who? Wait, what game? 
Oh yeah, yeah that's Cassius right. That was a cool did game. right? Yeah, she yeah, certainly that was must a cool have. Game. But I think in a couple of years you could be like, hey, remember that Gonzaga game where they beat UCLA? How'd that happen? And they'd be like, oh my god, overtime that UCLA dude tied it up, and then the freaking half court bank sh- right? You know, there, it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it just it's a little bigger. It, I remember, like, like, even as a kid, like, in middle school in the mid-2000s, like, you're still seeing the Leitner highlight all the time as if it happened, yeah. like, in 2004 or something. Like, no, that happened in the early 90s. It's like, they, they beat that highlight into you mm-hmm. to the point, like, that's like, this is kind of also why I hate Duke, too, you know? But, like, <laughs> that shot that hit on Thursday off of Jalen Suggs' hand, after the dust settled, like, you know what? That's going to be, like, the highlight, like, our kids are going to be watching forever, yes. right? I mean, that yep. that's going to yep. be – that's going to have staying power. Hopefully that yep. slides the Leitner uh, highlight down a little bit. I think it does. I mean, you know, Leitner, nice little yeah. elbow jump shot. N- you know, nothing wrong about that. But, yeah, Suggs. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to knock this eight. down five feet inside of the half-court line. And, yeah. <laughs> no, it was nice. So, no, that, that, that's fair. I guess I'm talking more, like, quality of the game. But, yeah, once you throw in, like, Final Four, Elite sure. Eight. Uh, yeah, Stakes, de- definitely. Yeah. It's impossible to argue against that, for sure. I'd be a clown if I did. I would yeah. be getting my car parts from elsewhere <laughs> other than Rock Auto will, if, uh, if you like that. The, the point does stand that that was, like the Michigan State-Duke game was an incredible, amazing basketball game, right? It came down to the wire, big shot, couple big moments from one of the most famous college basketball players ever, and then the Michigan State shot and just the drama and the, one of the best college basketball teams we've seen in the last decade going down and not making the, the Final Four. There was a lot to that game, but holy bleep, that was a special, special basketball game on Saturday night. Oh, Matt, I, I ran around college? the house and I have no skin in the game. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had the same reaction I had to Villanova's national championship winning shot just like oh, Jenkins oh, 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 the buzzer <laughs> yeah <laughs> sensational because you know you're watching history I mean it's cool man like it's awesome and also cherry on top you get a sweet national championship game on Monday too oh, you get the Gonzaga Baylor game everyone's been waiting for all season um well if I could just how bring up one more heater? topic too I'm sorry go ahead go ahead no, how much of a heater is college basketball on right now between like the, the oh, women's and the man. men's it's incredible Probably, yeah, pound for pound, it's never been better. I mean, especially when you tie in the women's, too. Like, that, that's that been a completely insane bracket. I mean, the final four, first game between South Carolina and Stanford, uh, unbelievable. Oh I God. mean, and then uh, Arizona just steamrolling. Uh, 14-point favorite UConn out of the building. That was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, can't ask for more of a national championship game, too, coming down yeah. to the wire, man. So, yeah. no, it's, it's been then, fascinating. Yeah. Um, if, if Gonzaga-Baylor is, is another classic, this will be, like, the greatest – four-day stretch in college basketball history. Like, I, I know it's hyperbolic yeah, it and, and prisoner of the moment, but you almost can't get much better. The only flaw is that Baylor waxed Houston. And other than that, everything there was something significant or special or epic about every other game. Like, it, it's been incredible. If you were an over-under better for uh, Houston, Baylor is exciting. Like, that, yeah, that well, was, was down to the wire. Exciting. But for, for anyone over, that's maybe? not doing that, no, lame game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, glad so, I got on the over early in that one. The, the other thing I just want to address really quick too, and I don't yeah. think a lot of people are doing this, and I, I, you know, I don't blame people for doing this too. I'm not going to say the oh these people are wrong. I just disagree with them. But is the people watching UCLA and thinking like oh that could have been MSU in that game? Like oh they, they, that's how close MSU was. That you know, they were up 14 points against UCLA in the first game. That could have been them in the Final Four. 
I'll, I'll back up here. Could it have been Michigan State? Sure. No. Of course, it's March Madness. It's crazy. I think it's like a three percent chance. I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think they get by BYU. Uh, and also, I, I think they lose by like forty against Alabama if they play them that day. I, I I got a very hard time believing that I could just plug in Michigan State for UCLA. <laughs> right. I, and I don't think that's me living in denial, being like, oh, I just want to believe that because it hurts my feelings less. Like, no, I, I just. MSU wasn't that good of a team this year. I think we kind of addressed that, and I think they addressed it too with how they played this year. Um, I, I don't think I'm a crazy person for saying that. No, I just can't plug in Michigan State for UCLA, right? Based on shot quality alone, like, and, and there are a million other pieces of data in a basketball game, but shot quality is a pretty good indicator of, like, hey, how you doing in this game, right? Right, yep. Based on shot quality alone, UCLA had a 4% chance to get to the game they got to, to get to the Final Four. Like, based on all their games, they had multiple 50-50 games. I think one of their games in the entire tournament, and I think it was actually the Alabama game, one of their games in in the tournament, they had a greater than 50% chance to win based on just where their shots came from. So they they were farting out buckets, man. They were absolutely incredible. At I couldn't shots. believe it, it on was, Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> I could not absurd. believe it. Absurd. So it, it's what forty a, to forty-one at half, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> surely like these BS miss. shots can't keep falling, and will I'll be damned. They kept falling at even a greater clip in the second half. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, the my entire God. the entire game, they were perfect, and Gonzaga was just like you like to say, a wagon. But they had a four yeah, yeah. percent chance to get to that Final Four game. They had a 2% chance to win that game based on shot quality. Gonzaga, based on shot quality, should have won the game by 22 points. And UCLA lost to a Hail Mary prayer in overtime. Yes, they were awesome, making incredible shots, contested shots, repeatedly, over and over and over and over again. But they had mm-hmm. the biggest horseshoe you can find up their butt. Like, it Thank was you. Just, they Thank were you. running yes. so hot, dude. This they is the point just, I was trying to make, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know they were they were at the craps table just like covering their eyes and winging dice out there Heaters. And just everything just cleaning out like um, it was fun, making though. the shots that was an amazing run it was it, listen it, it was a lot of fun they caught a lot of breaks I, I, I it, it sucks the way they went out but at the same time like you had so many breaks leading up to that point in the tournament for you for your run that like eventually you're going to have one go against you. And that came in the form of a buzzer-beating half-court shot that banked off the glass. It sucks. I get it. You know what else kind of sucks, too? Alabama going, like, what, 12-28 from the free-throw line that one day? Uh, Juwan Howard forgetting that he has a center uh, in the last two minutes of the (laughs) game, uh, playing Abilene Christian to get to the Sweet 16. Like, I'm not discounting the run. It's a great run. All Final Four runs should be celebrated. No doubt. I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying... I'm not going to feel heartbroken for them just because, yeah, they did get a lot of breaks to get to that point in the final Double four. Double down, baby. Yeah, I am. And also, like, eventually, just like you're saying with the shot selection, I get you got to make shots and, like, making the shots goes above analytics. Eventually, though, it gets to a point though, where it's like, okay, this is an anomaly. Shooting 75% from mid-range with people in your face, like, this is this is ridiculous what we're watching right now. I mean, hey, they were, credit to them. They, but eventually, the breaks yeah. go against you. The water finds its level eventually. I'm sorry. It just happened. They were incredible and incredibly lucky. There's no shame in that. You have to be incredibly lucky to make the Final Four as an 11 seed and to push the best team in the country to the absolute brink. Some luck has to be involved. 
That's sure just how it goes. But credit to them. Yeah, so all that said, uh, for all those reasons, no, I don't think Michigan State <laughs> would have made it out of the second round. Maybe. No. Maybe they okay. get past BYU and can squeak by Abilene Christian, but after that. I just, oh, the Alabama-Michigan State, there would have been so much blood. It would have been 2015 at, at AT&T Stadium all over again. <laughs> oh, make it stop. All right, let's pause here. We'll come right back and talk about the national championship game tonight. Uh, from a betting perspective, yay. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but first word from Bill Power. You know, I'm actually drinking a Built Boost uh, immunity drink mix right now. I know go. that's not the bar, but we got, what a product this Built Boost Built is. Built Boost immunity is. God, I love it. Well, hopefully it, hopefully it helps make you uh, feel better, Matt. Feel a little better. Uh, I've been slowly feeling better during the show. Yeah, yeah. Look, you guys know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. The best. The absolute best. And the new and improved formula is even more delicious. There are so many flavors. Like, I can't even keep track of how many flavors there are, Matt. They keep coming out with new flavors, and they're all bangers. What are, like, your top three right now, if you had to rank your top three? Okay, well, birthday cake takes at one, two, and okay. three. But beyond that, toffee almond <laughs> slaps. Uh, the, the churro puff, my God. Yeah, uh, I could eat God. 16 of those in one sitting. Um and you know what? I'm not a banana guy, but like their banana cream puff, I'm like, oh my god, this is even good. good. How is this even possible? <laughs> like, yeah, man, it's good. Uh, I think uh, the cookie dough, it, yeah, the cookie dough chunk is is tough to beat. Birthday cakes up there, raspberry cheesecake, slaps. Yeah, you're, you're a cheesecake man. All right. Yeah, yeah, I am. I like them. I like them. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're so many good flavors, and every bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, and they're not just delicious on your taste buds, Matt. They are delicious on the body. Body. <laughs> low calorie, low sugar. That's all I can give you. I'm sorry. I, I'm confused right now. <laughs> uh, they're great for a keto diet, and right now you can go get your built bars. Go to builtbar.com and get a discount locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked on 15 for 15% off at Built Bar. Dot com. It's April. It's April? It's April. It Holy crap. I, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I actually forgot. Okay. <laughs> it's April and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 20th, we got the Ultimate 2021 Mock Draft, which is going to feature analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, Baldi's Breakdowns, and Michael Lombardi. Find out who trades up, who trades back, and who selects the next young star. Stay tuned for more info where you can find the ultimate 2021 mock draft. All right, Matt. All right, well. This isn't a Fade Friday because it's Monday, but it's in spirit of a Fade Friday. Mm -hmm. We're going to do, actually, we're going to do Fade Friday on a Thursday because the Masters is coming up this weekend, and that'll be the subject of our Fade Fade us weekend, but we got the Hello, national friends. championship game on the men's side between Baylor and Gonzaga tonight, Matt. So we're just going to go through this game a little bit, give some picks, uh, and go from there. So there's two numbers that I hate. It's both the spread and the point total. So really, like, Perfect. I, I don't think we're going to be betting any of the traditional ones, at least not a lot of units. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to wet the whistle here. Like, I got to put something oh, sure. out there, but... The one that I that just jumped off the page for me for betonline.ag is largest mm-hmm. lead in the game 
Over under 14 and a half points mm. is what it's set at right now. Do why? <sighs> I know what I'm doing right now. Like I, I know I'm walking into a complete trap, like a complete sucker bet, because I, I am going to take the under. I think that okay. this will just be a horse race the entire game, where it's just one and two, one and two, one and two. Like, okay, and here they go down the stretch, and oh, finally someone nods out the other one at the very end. I, I just don't see it ballooning north of two touchdowns for either team. Could, yeah, I, both teams can. They both have dynamic offenses. I, I just... They're both too quick for me. They're both too good at like answering teams when they're down and facing adversity. So like, no, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go under fourteen and a half. I, okay. I I can't wait to feel stupid about this though. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, I, I think I think that's okay. I think like a, a back and forth fair uh, fair the entire time. But I think that's fine. I am gonna start. How many units, Matt? You didn't give your units. I uh, three three. I, I'm going three. Yep. Okay. I'm going to go Gonzaga's first half total. I'm going over 39. God, you took my next one. I love that one. Oh. I love that one. They The ball think, tips off, and 43 points are put on the scoreboard immediately for Gonzaga in the first half. Every game. Every game. I think they're just... Uh, this game's going to have pace from the jump. And it oh, may yeah. settle in a little in the second half where you're being a little bit more deliberate the last 10 minutes based on game situation or, or whatever. But I think from the jump, both of these teams are going to want to hit the gas immediately. And both of them are playing absolutely incredible basketball. So, I mean, I might honestly do just like the first half over Baylor's team total over and Gonzaga's team. Total. I might triple up on this, but the one I like the best Gonzaga to go over 39 at minus 115. That's, that's looking mighty, mighty tasty, Matt. And they struggled for chunks against UCLA in the first half, and UCLA slowed the hell, like the game the hell down, mm-hmm. and they still got to 43 points in the first half. Yeah, speaking of um, just absolutely rolling right off the gate, um, and I learned my lesson thinking that he'd get shut down against USC, uh, is – the man with probably the best big man footwork I've seen uh, since <laughs> Drew, Drew Nix, uh, if you will. It, uh, Drew Timmy, man. His yeah. over-under for points is 21 and a half. That's mm-hmm. healthy, but I, do, you know, do you know what's healthy? is uh, Drew Timmy, clearly, this time of year. Uh, he's been rocking and rolling. Probably, definitely the favorite for uh, most outstanding player. Uh, I could dig around and find that probably. here. But, yeah, so over-under 21 and a half points. He'll, he'll probably be flirting with... Oh God, fifteen at halftime. If it's anything like uh, the last two games, I feel like so. Yeah, give me a over for Drew Timmy. Twenty-one and a half points. I just have a bad time going under points too for anyone too. That that's not fun for individual player standpoint, is it? Yeah. No, you you like to you like to go over root for root for success. I'm actually going to go to a, a player prop as well in points. I'm looking at Matthew Mayer. Oh, like it? Yeah, there we go. Matthew Mayer is the man on Baylor with the most fantastic mullet yeah. you're ever going to see. <laughs> like like Trailer Park Larry Bird is what he looks like, man. He absolutely kills bit. the game, though, out there. Absolutely kills bit. it. His point total is set for 8.5. I'm going over, of course. Had 12 points in just 19 minutes against Houston his last time out. All he has to do, honestly, like 9 points isn't a huge deal he can shoot it if he hits a couple of threes or hits a three like I think he's gonna get there he doesn't get a ton of shots but he will get shots and he's gonna get like some random baseline dive to the rim and just throw down an absolutely massive dunk 
he's mm-hmm. going to. He had and he had 17 against Wisconsin. Like he will not always hit this total, but he gets over it with enough consistency and with the pace of this game. I like him to get over eight points or eight and a half points. So I'm going over on that at minus 125. Speaking of uh, over two, I'm going to do whatever I can before tip-off tonight to uh, gather a a half million dollars, Will, because I want to bet a half million dollars uh, on both teams to score over 60 points in order to win uh, $100 is what that would net me. Uh, It's it's at minus 5,000 right now for, yes, both teams (laughs) to score over 60 points. Uh, Bet online at AG seems to think it's a mortal lock. I think it's a mortal lock. So if you'd like to pitch in, uh, no one gets interest, by the way. Like, I collect all the winnings because it's just $100. I'm not going to divvy up pennies uh, amongst my investors. So if anyone wants to gift me a half million dollars to bet on both teams reaching over 60 points, um, thank you. That'd be fantastic. Uh, uh, Thank you in advance. You just put it like in the stock market, you know. Yeah, that's not fun. Like I don't get the stock market. Like I get basketball and staring at a scoreboard. Like I, I, I get the ins, like the basics of a stock market. But like, uh-huh. no, it's not as fun for me. Not, not, I don't get the intricacies. It's way above my head. I, I'm just a dumb guy that likes to watch a scoreboard and uh, a clock count down from twenty in each half and go from there. Will that's that's more my speed here. Oh, fair enough. Um, I'm going to another player prop. And remember, betonline.ag. Got a ton of these things. Uh, Mikhail uh, Teague. Greatest name, His, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, making at least two threes. So two or more three-pointers. It's at minus 179. So you're going to have to put in a few extra bucks here. But this is a guy who, for the season, Matt, takes more than five threes a game. Averages two makes per game we've talked about this a lot gonna have some pace in this game there's gonna be a lot of shots foisted hoisted a lot of looks going up in his last two games has taken 12 threes you know he's four for 12 in his last two so not lights out shooting but if he goes two for six he gets us there and that's what he's averaged the last two i'm going teague two or more three-point field goals made at minus 179 I like that value, too. That's solid. I want to end here with the spread in total. Like, the, the two things I said I wasn't going to pick. But, like, sure. I, come yeah. on. Like, what am I going to do? Not pick either one. So this yeah. is my uh, gun to head. I'm pinned against a wall, and the mugger said, I don't want your money, your credit cards, or anything. I want you to pick the spread in the total. I'm like, oh, that's pretty weird, but okay, here I go. Um, I... I'm going to go Gonzaga minus four and a half. I know it, it looked great for Baylor and not so great for Gonzaga on Saturday, but like, let's not let the mind play tricks here. UCLA played an A++++ game that probably would have beat any team in the nation but Gonzaga that night. Uh, so I still think Gonzaga is the best team that we've seen in quite some time, probably since 2009 UNC. Um, I hate the total number of 159 and a half. So this is a bet that I'm going to make just so I don't feel stupid later on because I would feel really dumb no matter what the number is picking under in Baylor Gonzaga. <laughs> as much as I do want to go under, I don't want to be sitting there as, as it's like 93 to 90 at the end of the game being like, what the F was I thinking? Like, wh- why did I overthink it? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over 159 and a half, like an 83 to 79 game. I no, because that wouldn't cover the spread. 84 to 79. Bang. There we go. <laughs> there it is, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. B- um, G- Gonzaga in the over. It's it's a big number. It's a it massive is. number. <laughs> um, 
But I'm with you. Like same line of logic. It just like give me. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna take Gonzaga too. I want it to be like a two three one point game the entire time, and then just like they hit two free throws to make it eighty five to eighty at the end of the mm-hmm. game. Like that's what I want to just make both my picks right and to have a, a really great game. 88-83, something like that, with a couple late free throws to, to secure that cover. So, yeah, if I had to go the spread, I'm not sure I'm going to do the spread. Uh, I would go Gonzaga minus 4.5, and, and I'm going to take the over as well. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Take Tuesday. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, whoop. And we'll both, hopefully Matt will be feeling better, and I'll be back in my normal I'll recording space. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have a, a high-quality episode that you uh, have come <laughs> to expect from us. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, do you have trivia or whatever? I got trivia, Will. How well do you know softball? Not well. Okay, great. Uh, the MSU softball team played its first night game ever at Secchia Stadium on April 3rd, 2019. The Spartans notched a 11-3 victory over what team, Will? Over what team did they beat 11-3 in their first night game? Michigan. You got the state correct. The correct state. Oh, I was going to say Eastern Michigan. No, you're, you're kind of on the right yeah. line of thinking, though. Like smaller Western. schools in Michigan. Nah, even Central. smaller than that. No, think... Uh, Greg, Greg Campy could have been at this game, Oakland. Will. Who, who's to say? Oh, look, you nailed it, bud. Oakland. Nailed it. Bang. First try. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Try. (laughs) Go, Green Gang.